Great day, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the Strategic Possibilities Show, where we discuss success and growth to help you launch potential in your personal and professional life. My name is Emmett Ferguson, and I am your host. And what's going on, everybody? Today, I have with me a wonderful guest, Adora Evans. She is an author, a motivator, and she recently launched her book, Majestic Money, the 30-Day Fem manifesting game so as you can tell a lot to do with um you know empowerment especially as it relates to that feminine energy by the way Dora, i love the book cover um i remember you were you know getting some feedback on it when you came to design it and you know just to get an idea for the audience can you share a little bit about you know the book and i guess what inspired you to write it yeah, and thank you so much. It was so hard to choose covers, and I, I ended up saving the other version for the workbook that's coming. So thanks for that. It was, uh, <laughs> it was challenging. Yeah, so I, I've wanted to be a part of working with women and inspiring women probably from, well, really at an early age, 15, but 18 was a defining moment for me. I was living in a boarded up home with no electricity and this lady came into the mall and I was living alone I was working in a jewelry store in Greenville Texas and this lady came into the mall Rose Cade and she was carrying a sign of you know she was showing pictures of losing weight and she had lost a hundred pounds at least and so instead of investing in my electricity or paying my electricity I invested in an Herbalife kit. And so inside of that kit, there was a cassette tape. And I had a Walkman that gives some of you an idea of how old I am, which is great. So I had a Walkman, I was listening to Jim Rohn, and it felt like Jim Rohn was talking right to me. But he was saying that, you know, we're in this metaphorical sailboat, and that you're headed in a direction toward a destination, and that you're eventually going to arrive at this destination and that for most of us all of us that that destination it's based on the choices that you make and uh, the places you know the people that you hang out with how you grew up and that based on those things you could see your future and like I said I was living in a boarded up home without sheetrock that time I'd been married in high school and ran away in the middle of the night one day and you know okay. so it wasn't looking real good for me but then he said hey you can change everything by setting your sail in a new direction and that was life-changing for me because i was feeling pretty low and he said the way you do that is you find mentors and i thought oh god i shall going to do that and then he said the library is full of people that have taken their life's work and they put it in a book that book set me on this trail of, you know, several months later, I had my first check for $7,853.23-ish, something like that. Very and I, I'm not in Herbalife now, but I, I know, but I, I'll not, I just remember it changed everything for me. I think it was $8,753.23. There we go. It changed everything for me. I started reading books and I remember Jim said, hey, if you don't believe in yourself believe, and you believe in me, then believe in my belief in you. Just don't give up. And I remember thinking like, wow, if one day 
I would just love to have this kind of impact on someone else. And I felt really drawn to women because I had been sexually abused as a child from eight to 12. I had been through some things already in life. I went through some more later and felt important to me to help women specifically. Just part of my heart calling, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so wow. this particular this particular book, what I it started as I love manifesting books. I've manifested a lot of things. Like I got to work, you know, I read Think and Grow Rich, and then a few months later, um, still without a college education, I was able to work as a producer on the Discovery Channel. I worked on the movie The Secret. I I manifested a penthouse on the beach with a maid and a chef and a company car. I got to work with celebrities. Mm. I got to do so many things, all from an insecure, imperfect, but getting every, you know, getting better every day kind of place. And the main, so I love manifesting games. I love them. And I always do better when I'm reading a book about it or, you know, really paying attention to it. And so I remember getting finished with a book one day and like, man, I wish, I wish that didn't end. I wish there was a game. And so, I got together some girlfriends and clients and we, like 12 of us, we played this 30 day Majestic Money game. And what I thought was just going to be this light, playful thing, and it really was, it became this super profound thing. Like within days, several women manifested $1,000 randomly. One woman manifested her dream car down to the peacock color. Another woman, her dream home with a horse stable and presents for her children. But more importantly, and most importantly, these women were connecting to a deep sense of self-love, a deep sense of self-worthiness, shedding body shame, shedding traumas. And it, it just, it became so much more than I realized when I started. And so I knew I've got to get this to as many women as possible. So the gifts were cool. And the things they were manifesting, but I really believe that if you don't love yourself, if you don't love who you are, if, you, if you're not feeling worthy, then you can manifest things and sabotage it. Or you may not even believe you're worthy of manifesting the things. So even if someone puts it on your door, you'll give it to someone else that you believe mm-hmm. is worthy, you know? Wow. And Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. It sounds like you've had a very unique experience uh, and, and brought all of that together into making some making that 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 powerful message. I don't know. I, I mean, it just sounds like you've had such a powerful story, and that's like what I'm putting together. And um, with that, uh, so so with majestic money, uh, to get an idea, is it more about that empowerment side and how women can transform their their story and that personal development or is it more like financial in terms of you know putting yourself out there and you know you know that getting the work done kind of mentality it's a little of both so what i figured out i have a metaphor this for this it's kind of like if you say hey i want to go get fit i want to get in shape i need to start eating better then, you know, you'll do certain things depending on how motivated you are. You might start a diet 
or clean up your eating or start working out. And then you'll go as far as you'll go with it. And when I say you, I don't mean you, I mean me and most people, right? And maybe you. But if you say, if someone says, you know what, I'm running a marathon in three months, there's this game and this something on the table that will pull forward a higher level of capacity and commitment for you if you're really committed, right? And so you may not want to wake up because it's raining, but you know that marathon's coming a few months because you've already paid for it, told everybody you're doing it, maybe you have a couple friends doing it with you, or that 5K or whatever it is. And so this is a game and it was centered and is centered on money because I believe when anybody, but I'll speak to women, when we're financially empowered, we make stronger decisions. Like a lot of women stay stuck because they're not financially, you know, receiving what they need or going after what they need. And and just when a woman or man, Mm -hmm. when we're well taken care of, we feed other people's babies. We're generous. Mm -hmm. We're open-hearted. We're giving. So it started as like, Hey, this is kind of like the game. Let's make money the game and the ability to, cause everybody it's like, okay, I could put out a love yourself book, but if someone's really needing and wanting more money in their life and they see two books side by side and they really want money, they're probably going to go for the money book. Right? So they, right. people do manifest money in this again. And again, we see people manifesting money and relationships and wealth and all kinds of ways that that's representative trips, vacations, friends, connections, whatever, career changes. But the base of it is in order to actually align with receiving it, one, you have to believe it and believe that you're worthy of receiving it or you'll sabotage it and give it away. And two, women have been taught to manifest in the same ways We've all been taught to manifest, and most of those core teachings were originally brought to us by men, which is wonderful. They're wonderful, beautiful men, and I believe men and women have feminine and masculine energy. But when a woman is only manifesting, or even a man, using predominantly their masculine energy, which is all about go get it, achieve it, set goals, work hard, you know, championship, do, 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 do. then it's one, it's not our primary nature genetically. And I'm not like trying to get into a gender, you know, we all have masculine, feminine, however you identify as beautiful. But when you have everybody, men and women, relying predominantly on the masculine energy to get things done, it causes burnout, battle mode, like, you know, and it it also brings lots of other beautiful things in. But women by our nature, this is so cool, is that think about this, a woman has the ability in her nature that a spirit comes from wherever spirits come from, which is kind of like creativity, imagination, where do you want to be tomorrow? Spirits come from wherever they come from, and then they live inside of a woman as the portal from spirit world to physical world. Mm -hmm. lives inside of our body, that being walks about as physical reality. So inside of the female body, there are codes and secrets to manifesting that are only secret because we haven't really been talking about them or they haven't been 
revealed. And mm-hmm. so that's part of what this book is about too. It's like, hey, you're the original manifester. Spirit comes from nowhere. Spirit moves into your body and then becomes physical reality. And there are codes in your DNA that know how to bring and manifest by receiving instead of doing, 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 like even anatomy wise, whether it's an artificial insemination or a male female relationship, the woman is the receiver of the seed, right? So there's a receiving, receptive, relaxed, intuitive, slow mode that comes with the feminine energy and the feminine nature that most people haven't been taught. And then even if you know all of those things and you accept like, okay, there's a flow and intuitive, follow your inklings, that trusting, that love the beauty, slow down, smell the roses. What do I want? The imagination, all that stuff and trusting and faith and all all the things that go into it. When we live in a society where rape and molestation is such a big thing, it has been such a big thing that we had a whole Me Too campaign around it what happens is from just that alone you've got all these women who have been traumatized and are not that often causes causes women any trauma physical you know will cause to a a person's body will cause them to not want to be in their body and to like not connect to their body and to war with their bodies not only in Mm -hmm. their diet not only in their but at base levels of even trusting their instincts. So that's another major part of this book. It's like, how do you come back into that sacred temple, squeeze yourself into your body purposely, be present fully, loving it, loving it, loving it, so that you can even hear your inklings or give out powerful manifesting signals. And let's put rape, trauma, abuse aside, And look at like, okay, but if you're, you know, the skinny blonde wishing for the Kim Kardashian booty, or you're a full, fuller figured woman wishing to look like a tall blonde, and you're hating, like, that's another theme, you know, and we've come so far Mm -hmm. in both of these themes, but we have so far to go. And so the book, the game is, hey, let's manifest more money. But the how-to is we're going to unlock these secrets in your DNA and you're going to come out not only knowing how to manifest and actually manifesting some things and having the skills to do it again and again times a hundred, right? Because most women have never even tapped into their own engines, like their own real power in this way, or if they have, they, they you know, this next levels it or tweaks it or gives them that additional edge it's like not knowing you had that go fast uh button (laughs) because you've only been working with one part um and for men too but again I wrote it for women but so many men have gotten a lot out of it so by doing all that yes you're going to come out with a deep reverence women will come out with a deep sovereign like a deep reverence for their own sovereign property, meaning their body, their sacred territory that their spirit owns, their temple. They're going to come in healing some things. And it's the fun thing is, or the cool thing is, it's a light game. So even though the work is really profound and there are some moments that may be a bit challenging, the overall 
vibe of it is like, wow, this is delicious. This feels good. This feels like I'm home within myself. And like, I know what I'm doing now, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. And, you know, earlier, uh, I want to thank you for, you know, sharing your story in terms of like all those, uh, those challenging times that you went through. And I think it definitely takes a lot of courage to, um, you know, be, be so uh, public about it. And, mm. I, and thinking about something that you were saying earlier, how even if something was put on your front door, some people aren't open to receiving it. You know, just, just to learn a little bit more about how you came to, you know, overcome those challenges and go from, you know, living in, in a bordered up place with, and putting your last few dollars into a, um, I think it, it was a business. Was it a business or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Network marketing company, Herbalife. Mm-hmm. So, so putting your last few dollars into that and then going from there, you know, that, that type of challenging situation, all the, the things that you faced that, you know, unfortunately there's probably a, you know, a portion of women that do with rape and molestation, all that. And, you know, was there a point where that shifted and you realized like you wanted to help empower women to overcome that? Or was it like, you know, you were just powerful and you powered your way through it. You know, does that make sense? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It totally makes sense. And I would say, no, no, no. It wasn't like I was just powerful. And then another part of me would say, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Like it's both. So first of all, I remember being 17 before I had already been molested eight to roughly 12 years old and um, sitting in a circle, a youth group circle. And my youth pastor asked, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I said, I want to help women, especially women who've been sexually abused. So there was something always in me about that and about making a difference there. I think it just felt really important to me for whatever, for very personal reasons. And I don't know, you know, exact, the exact formula of how we come into the into the planet with our missions in our heart and our DNA, but I do believe that we do. But as far as feeling powerful and powering my way through, like no way. I, I think it, there wasn't just one moment. It was a series of moments. And I like to look at it kind of like the stock market on the rise. I think a lot of times when we Mm -hmm. have an aha, or we think life's going to be better. We have a moment of hope. And then we find a tool, especially in my early years, I would think, oh, this is it. And I I would have these moments. And then I would make some major mistake or come up with some major, you know, challenge or obstacle and feel like a loser or failure. Like after 18, and I had that big aha, and I had that breakthrough, you know, I got married again. Uh, I ended up becoming a topless dancer and that wasn't all bad but it did bring on some really things like negative things and and I knew that it wasn't where I wanted to be long term it's not the job I'd want for my daughter you know um Mm -hmm. it wasn't a high point and I was ashamed of that for many years I did my best to bury that I'd ever done that 
And it was there that I, I met someone that I trusted and thought would be a mentor to me was working for the World Bank and he put Rohepnol in my tea and raped me. And so it wasn't, and I'm, I, it's funny because I'm all about optimism and really focusing, but I think these things are important to share because when you're trying to be so optimistic and you're trying with all of your heart to make change and then you screw up or you feel like you've just, you know, messed up, it can be really easy. I had so many moments of feeling like I'm never going to get there or like it's good for everybody else and not me or I'll never, you know, I had so many low moments and I had so many high moments. It was a, a bit like a roller coaster that was going up. But what I can say is that what Jim Rohn said was so true. Just like, hey, it may take you a little longer than other people to get there, but you, you will arrive. And for me, arriving is each new day, am I better? Have I learned? Where can I grow next? Like I, I'm so thirsty for wisdom and knowledge. I constantly still listen to things, read things, go to events. And I, I have just as many challenges today as I did then. However, I'm so much further along, mainly in my self-love, peace, ability to show up as a friend, as a mother, as, you know, a person in the world doing my best to, to express fully what I feel God or spirit has put in me to express. So I just think that's so important because they're so, it can be so easy when you're just looking at people on social media or, you know, heroes. And I've had the chance to work with many, many amazing people that were my heroes and still are. And what I've learned is they're still learning too. And this, I think the sooner, the sooner you accept that, like, Hey, everybody's learning. And some people have just found some <laughs> ways to deal with things, some tools to deal with things that the part that has you go, well, they're all great, but I suck or whatever. Um, and again, a lot of that comes from childhood events and beliefs and things like that. The, the better, you know, and one other, one other thing I'll say about that is I remember, you know, I've wanted to write this book forever. I've wanted to be in the industry of self-development forever. And I, I remember maybe five years ago going, okay, you've been saying this forever that you want to be in this industry. Like, and I'd done some speaking and coaching here and there, but kind of hobby style. And I went, Oh my gosh, it's been over 20 years. Like, when are you going to say permission granted? That was one aha. And I was like, I've paid my dues. Like I've been to spent thousands and thousands of dollars mm -hmm. on my development. I've been to, and, and I just remember just giving myself permission and how much work toward what I wanted to do that moved, you know, just the, Hey, you're enough. It's time. And then I remember watching, do you know who Louise Hay is? Uh, Lu Louise Hay? I'm not familiar. Mm -hmm. Okay. So she, she's no longer with us, but she has Hay House Publishing and she's published a lot of the great authors like Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra, okay. and Greg Braden, a lot of the spiritual EFT tapping, Nick mm -hmm. Ortner, like a whole bunch of people, Doreen Virtue. 
And um, I remember watching her at 83. And she wrote a book called, I think it's called Heal Your Life, Heal Your, Heal Your Body, Heal Your Life, something like that. And it was very monumental in me loving my body, choosing to forgive my body. I mean, at some point I was bulimic. I was obsessing, you know, in high school over my body. I was hated my body so much and was abusing it and always trying to always just feeling ugly and whatever. And her work really helped move that needle for me. And one day I was watching her, she was about 83 and she was doing an EFT tapping session with Nick Ortner. You can find it on YouTube if you're listening. And mm-hmm. Nick was said something like, Hey, um, how, how, what are we working on? And she said, I have this tension headache in the back of my, starts in the back of my head and I want to work on it. She said, it starts exactly where my father used to shove my head underwater when he was mad and almost drown her basically. And um, Nick was just like, wow, you know, you've written all these books, you've got your own publishing house. I bet people would be surprised that you're still dealing with something. And she said, yeah, I've been working on it. I've done a lot of work on this one. It hasn't moved. So I'm ready to give it another go. And I remember sitting there and watching that and going, wow, she's a total masterpiece, like a total legend. And at the same time, she's a work in progress. And then I went, wow, I'm a total masterpiece. And I'm a work in progress, you know, and it it just, right. It just, it gave me, that was one of those milestone moments of, okay, you've, yes. I used to think I had to arrive at this place where it was all perfect, but I've come to learn. It's not like that at all. Dennis Waitley says success is a toll road. So you arrive, but you've got to keep paying your dues, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's been a, that's a long answer to your question. It's it's important to hear, you know, that whole thing, because when it comes to uh, situations that faced and, you know, a lot of others have faced in in their own ways as well. I, by the way, as you can tell, I'm somewhat, you know, uncomfortable talking about it, but um, in, in the sense that, you know, it's not just like, you know, you did one thing and then suddenly everything was like fixed. It was, you know, over time, you know, you start, it sounds like you've over overcome or uncovered things that helped you along the way, whether it be, you know, Jim Rohn or that the woman who walked into uh, the store that one day or uh, Mm -hmm. Louise Hayes. So that overall life process. And I think that's important to remember is, you know, constantly be learning and everything, finding those things. Total fan of, you know, I also respect the work of Jim Rohn and, and Dennis Waitley. You know, I've listened to Dennis Waitley on Before I Sleep, so he's, he's great. And I'm just getting an idea. Earlier you were talking about feminine energy and, you know, masculine energy. And mm-hmm. just looking at what you've done, you know, I, I've met you in person through through Napoleon Hill's foundation and... You know, I think you've done an amazing job of, I'll call it 
for lack of a better word, you know, branding yourself. I mean, there's not many people that, that I know that are confident enough to call themselves queen inspiration officer. So, so how does, how does something like that come back? Cause I think even men don't have the confidence to call themselves. And I'm not saying like men should, should be able to or anything, but like, you know, a lot of men, which is the, also the value of your message and how it relates to men and women, men probably wouldn't feel confident calling them, you know, king of inspiration or things like that. So what is your advice or what are some of your tips to not only, I guess, build that brand or build that uh, message for yourself, but also to, you know, have the confidence to live up to that type of expectation for yourself? Yeah, that's a great question. And thanks for that. So first of all, I think having the courage to really own your state, your your fears, the things that you're afraid of, ashamed of, and that can start small with things like going to support groups with other people that feel or going to counselor, you know, that hanging out with other people that are like you. And I think those are the big rocks. You know, it's easy to say, own your voice, own your brand, and be you. I remember being like, but who's me? <laughs> you know, who am I? But <laughs> okay. the more the more you you do the work around the stuff that you think if people knew this about me, they'd like think I'm a nerd or they think it's stupid or they you know, and make steps toward that by finding people who align with you in the positives and the negatives. I say the negatives because a lot of times that's the real stopper of showing your voice and showing up because the subconscious will be like, no, but if you're really out there, they're going to find out these things about you and they're not going to like them. So if you can do the work to love yourself again, to find camaraderie, to find peace, then when those aren't holding you back, it starts to become really natural. And you mentioned earlier about how I'm talking about things in a really public way. And I've been doing that for a while mainly because I found when I share my story and I share the things that used to feel very vulnerable to me and sometimes still do, that I often meet people that are like, oh my gosh, that's my story. Or here's my story that I was feeling ashamed about. And you, because you shared yours, I can be more me. And then on the lighter side, People will often say, Adore, you're so comfortable in your skin. You'll say whatever you feel or whatever. And I'm growing. It's not like I took, but because I've done the work to celebrate all of myself and I started small in groups. I remember the first time I was going to go live online. I almost passed out so many times because wow. I love people and I love connecting with people. But I knew it wasn't about going live. It was about, I'm going to go live representing me without adapting or accommodating people around me. And I thought, oh my gosh, my ex-boyfriend whose mother sings in the choir is going to see that I also believe in God, a woman, as well as God, the man. That's crazy. You know, they're going to find out I was the stripper. They're going to find out I cussed in the middle mm -hmm. of prayers. You know, all my yogi friends are going to find out I get Botox. 
you know, it's just like, not in quarantine, but it was just like all the things that you can normally control. So it was another level of, I've got to be seen if I want to make the impact that I want to make. And what I found is as I went through that and just shared that there were people that, yeah, dropped off or went, who is that crazy woman? But then there are people that found their freedom and they found their freedom in their own voices because they resonated with me in some way. And I was able to help more people or just connect even with more people than I would have pretending, hiding out. Not to mention, I mean, I love the feeling of full self-expression. I love the feeling of knowing that I'm fully showing up. Like we only have today and, you know, at 80, we make it there, we're going to look back and go, I can't tell you how many 80, as I've been in the coaching business, how many 60, 70, 80 year old women that I met that have had, that tell me I've had this dream to write or speak or teach since I was 20, you know, and then another 10 years goes by another 10 years goes by. So sometimes we think we're going to arrive at this place, like I told you, where you just wake up and feel ready. But more often than not, it's this like, you've got to give the permission to yourself. You've got to say, hey, this is enough. And that title where I call myself the Queen Inspiration Officer at Adora Crystal isn't meant to be like, hey, I'm the Queen of Inspiration for everybody. It goes along with the concept that I look at life like you're either the star of your own movie or you're the king. In your case, Emmett, I'm the queen of my queendom. You're the king of your kingdom. We all have this property that's our body. We have these certain gifts, talents, you know, things that we're ruling and running. And it's either flourishing or dying. It's either ignored or fully, you know, investigated and invested in. But it's really up to each of us. So when I talk about, you know, like my, my podcast is a rich queen podcast, or I'm calling myself a queen. It's acknowledging that I'm a co-creator with God. I'm God, a part of God in my body, meeting a part of God in your body. And I have my queendom that I'm here to rule or not, but I choose to show up as the queen of my queendom. And I invite Mm -hmm. everyone that I can to do the same in their own way with their own kingdom, queendom, you know? Yeah, it's totally powerful. So um, some major takeaways that I got from, you know, that lesson is sounds like you've definitely done a great job of surrounding yourself by people, you know, recognizing, you know, those situations where, where, you know, you feel uncomfortable, but making sure that you surround yourself with people who are, are supportive and, you know, fact that you were talking about all those people that you that mentored you and that you listened to they have very powerful important messages like Dennis Waitley like um Luis so also at the at the end there just to just learn a little bit more you mentioned taking control of you know your, your body and all of those all of those things um as it relates to you know being be, being the queen of your queendom and king of your kingdom you know my takeaway was more so that it's about not so much trying to like you know create this image but more so about you know being that that best person version of yourself that you can be and you know owning owning it and ultimately i guess living it 
So yeah, that's my takeaway from yeah. that. But I, I thought that was great. Uh, I, I really like those messages, and I, I like how you do have a good message that I think is helpful for both men and and women because if Thank you really you. own it. Uh, so also a little bit more about your podcast. Um, can you tell us like what, what those types of shows are? Like, uh, are you doing like interview style or what is it, um, you know, powerful stories? Yes. Yes. I'd, I'd love to share. Do you mind if I say a little bit more about branding? Cause I, oh, realized, yeah, absolutely. I realized after hearing you recap that I forgot to say for other people in answering your question for other people owning their own brand, other than, doing that deep work then it's about like finding out what is so you like one woman I got to work with at someone else's event she had this really cool thing of seeing life and everything in life through the lens of the Wizard of Oz right and so she would be like oh you're being the lions today like she really just sees life that way so it makes a lot of sense for her to in her branding include some Wizard of Oz messages or subtly or even more in your face. And it was so fun helping her realize that because she was like, wait, that? Because that's just like what I do. Like really mm -hmm. that? And it's like, yeah, but that's so unique to you and how you see things. So it, it's about, you may need to ask other people and also notice like, are you a cat person are you really into horses flowers star wars you know what is your what is your thing and i i love glamour i love costumes mm -hmm. i love the queen you know all the shows that are period pieces when the women were you know in all those elaborate costumes i love drag queens <laughs> i just i love the whole metaphor i love i love the ball gowns and the velvets mm -hmm. and so it just went that was part of my branding um choice and i do think that's really important and you can do that on any budget um you know you can start small with what are your themes and i remember going okay i'm gonna buy clothes that have a nod to queendom in them somewhere whether it's velvet or lace or a gold <laughs> i started that way and then I got a gold sparkly background and then I did a queen themed photo shoot. And then, you know, I slowly moved with those colors and things. So I know Nick Fitzgerald person that teaches people how to write stories and he's a filmmaker. He loves star Wars. So he often, you know, has a star Wars figure in his background or we'll use metaphors from that show. So on the lighter side, you know, those are things to think about when you're branding. I know another company that I hired before market like a nerd and they do all these like nerd superhero things and in their mm -hmm. branding. And so, yeah, it, you know, there are fun ways, but it's really about back to that lesson of knowing yourself, loving yourself, and then being willing to amplify that. Yeah. And it sounds like it was something that for you, it, it took time, right? It, it, it wasn't like overnight. You're like, I'm just going to call myself Queen Inspiration Officer, right? It was like, right, right. And that could change. Years. I like everything with queens, but yeah, but the Rich Queens, the Rich Queen podcast, and, and that, the Rich Queen podcast, the whole thinking in that is what I said about ruling your queendom and that rich living is relative. For some people, that means 
a tent in Bali. For some people, that means they want to be in a mansion with a certain amount of money in their bank account. For some people, it means a certain quality of family or marriage. And for many of us, it's a blend of a lot of things. So the podcast, when I started it, I was interviewing different people, including Dennis Waitley, you know, spiritual boss babe, Stephanie Bellinger, like different people about themselves and rich living and what it means to them and how they've created their reality. I've taken a little bit of a pause for the, but I'm about to kick on with interviews of people that have manifested things and what rich living is to them. So it varies if it's an interview with someone else or mostly I do them as interviews with other people, but yeah. Very cool. And you know, to, as we're nearing the, the top of uh, the, the time, just to get an idea. So if someone was to, you know, just to get hear from you, if someone was to like dive into your book and they, they took on the 30 day femme manifesting game, what are some of the things that they'd be, you know, taking away from it? Can you give us an idea? Like uh, it's one thing to know something's a game and, and it's fun and it's exciting and, you know, there's a process, but can you share a little bit about like just some of the examples of what people will accomplish with each game or anything like that? Yeah. So first of all, I look at manifesting as something like if you were going to go get fit in the gym, you need to work out consistently. And some people do that by hitting really hard weights and intense classes. And some people will do it by going to Zumba classes and dancing their heads off, right? But in order to keep that level of fitness, you've got to show up so many days a week, three to seven, depending on your level of fitness, <laughs> happiness, and, and passion. But manifesting is the same. It's something that is the mentality of it is a practice. It's not a one and done thing. We're always, as soon as you gain something, if you're growing, you're going to want to go to a, another level of connection, or you're going to want something, you're going to want to experience something new. So the game is 30 days. And the cool thing is you can play it again and again. So you could go back to it anytime. And it's meant to be this vortex of hey, like you're going to the gym of manifesting. And the first round, most people have some pretty profound aha things. Like one person talked about how he shed a bunch of shame around his heritage. Like he had a certain way of thinking about himself and his family and where he came from. And by the end, there was a particular exercise in the book where by the end, he was really rooted in pride with his heritage. He also had some forgiveness for himself and some compassion toward himself that shifted how he saw himself and, and what he believed, like who he, at the core level, who he believed himself to be in the world and what he was capable of, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Many of the women have expressed that not only did they manifest actual things, gifts, money, provisions, jobs, you know, peace, that what they really gained was this whole new relationship to themselves, to their bodies, to each other, to their own power. So 
while it is light and fun and at times challenging, if you go through it even once, most people have some kind of profound shift in the way they show up for themselves and their lives. And not just because of what they're doing, but at a like cellular level and understanding in their own minds, um, they have shifts in belief, again, about how worthy they are, who they are, and how to actually use their power and work with it. Um, mm-hmm. So Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, those are from the people that have recently, uh, recently read Majestic Money. Mm-hmm. And, or at least played the manifesting game. Oh, that's great. Both. And, mm-hmm. and what I, what I, what sounds like to me, like at the, at the core of your book is really helping people to, the example that you're giving of the gentleman is that, um, you know, when you're able to make that, that shift from, you know, just that negative perception of who you are and, uh, you know, where, where you come from to, you know, that positive you know, side. I mean, I think that entire shift, it's just, it's just going from negative to positive, but actually to get someone to do that is really uh, difficult. So I think anybody who reads your book uh, can, can get so much more out of it. Whereas hearing these, these stories, like realizing that shift itself, hearing negative to positive is, is one thing, but to actually like experience that shift, it completely changes the world. And I think that's, very powerful. And it sounds like you've got 30 days of interesting ways to help people, you know, recognize those things that are limiting them and, you know, helping people to, it sounds like redefine themselves, recreate themselves in a, in a better way. And, and ultimately with that, I think it does come, you know, manifesting things, you know, being open to things like you were saying, how, you know, someone puts something on your front door. If you don't feel like you, you deserve it or you earn it, you're not going to take it. But, you know, when you start to, own what it is that you do, you start to see those opportunities. And I think it sounds like, you know, that's where a lot of the the power of what you're writing can come from. Yeah. Like I remember, I remember being 20, you know, 20 something and one of my best friends throwing a party for me. And during the whole party, I was feeling like they're just doing it to be nice out of obligation. No one really wanted to be there for me. And it ended up being this terrible experience for me because that's what I was dealing with the whole time. And then imagine the people that actually gave me the gift of their presence or, and I'm not, I'm talking about their presence, like being there, not present. And I got, did get some presence too. And that's an example of, you know, if you're locked inside of your head and your fears, your beliefs, these deep rooted in mind sometimes are a little more extreme than others, but not really. The more I talk to people, many people have been through things like this. So there I was surrounded by people who loved me and wanted to give to me and I couldn't take it in. That's what I mean by it's on your door. Another time I hit this big bonus at Pat Summerall Productions. It was when I was working for the Discovery Channel and I I got a thousand dollar gift certificate to Target because of something I had done. And I went shopping and I was bringing everything up the stairs. And I remember this horrible, guilty feeling in my stomach. And and it was like, I don't deserve this. I don't, even though I'd done everything and I did deserve that, 
and the company gave it to me, a com- you know, and mm-hmm. so those are those kind of background things that if they're running and you, you don't do work on them, which is a practice over time uh, and 30 days, you can get so much done, especially because I, I really did put my heart and life, life's best exercises in there and it's vibrationally loaded, spiritually loaded. Um, then that's that whole thing of it can be at your door, but if you can't receive it in, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, with that, anybody who's listening, you know, the name of the book is Majestic Money, the 30-Day Femme Manifesting Game. And Adora, do you have anything else you'd like to share? Any uh, any new, new projects that you've got coming out uh, anytime soon? like podcast episodes or you know, what you're working on, how they can contact you? Oh, yeah. Thank you. So this is my main focus right now. I want to get this in as many hands as possible. Some things around it that are going on is depending on when you're listening to this. The ebook version of it is on special during the launch for 99 cents. I think the most I'll ever charge for this is $2.99. So if you're listening later, it's like, go grab the book. And if you have Kindle Reader, it's free if you're on the unlimited reader plan. So grab it. And I'd love to hear your feedback. The other thing is that there are people who are choosing to do pop-up uh, virtual book clubs for the, for the book. And so they're inviting their friends to download the ebook and to read together. And if that's something that you want to do I'll record a little video saying hey I'm so excited that you're reading this together and then I'll do a um, a Q&A with the author at the end so if that's something that you want to do contacting me at either on social media you can find me on Facebook um, at Adora Crystal Love my personal Facebook is Adora Crystal Instagram is at Adora's Groove and email info at Adora Crystal. But right now I'm just on a mission to get as many people as possible reading the book, getting other people to to read the book and have the breakthroughs. And then, you know, there's a live version of the game as well. So any of those things. Yeah. Wow. All right, so you've got a live version of the game plus a community that's growing. And, you know, I think that's great because it means that people are not alone when they're playing this game of, you know, not just not just life, but like this this game of manifesting, creating a better life for yourself. So, um, and all of those, uh, all that information is going to be in the description. So if any of you missed any of that, the most important thing is, you know, obviously Adora Evans, Adora Crystal Evans, um, Majestic Money. It's on Amazon right now. And you know, you're going to get notice some life-changing results for the positive positive way from that. And it, it sounds like it's uh, put into a unique, engaging way, Adora. So thank you for writing that book. Thank you for being on this show. Yeah, with that, 
everybody, thank you very much. And Adore, if you have anything else to say, feel free to. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for giving me a chance to share what's in my heart and mind. And um, it's been such a pleasure being here with you. Thank you for listening. All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs>